everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. has another side effect. Pete's gone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing okay. Good, man. I'm doing okay. Good to hear it, man. Because everyone, I, listeners, listeners, I just want to say uh, thanks for hanging in there. We're back. And uh, two of us right now, Pete and myself, without going into too much detail of our prior lives, we are essential personnel. We're out there on the front lines of this bullshit. Um, Kelly here has retreated to the woods like a hermit. <laughs> yeah. Well, How you doing, Kelly? How, how's Hermit life? Treating it, Kelly? I, I can't complain. Um, yeah, I've mentioned this on a few other podcasts already that, yeah, my wife and I moved to her family farm uh, mid-January. So, yeah, we timed it uh, pretty good. And, yeah, I've, I haven't left the farm in 22 days. I'm, I'm not crazy yet. I have plenty of books and podcasts and stuff to amuse myself I'm, I'm doing okay but yeah i know you guys are going crazy probably so that's why we're back to put smiles on people's faces including ourselves <laughs> we're all I can just, together folks yeah I, I can just picture kelly's out there he's milking cows no you know and slopping the hogs no oh. no none of that <laughs> no i'm i'm just just <laughs> relaxing <laughs> letting the world sort this out and then I'll, I'll return to civilization when that's done no when the world when after uh, he, no, he's got he's doing the manson uh, plan after the world has gone to hell he will emerge as its savior oh yeah that's the plan you should look at me i, I do look like a messiah now <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready and we're looking at World Class Championship Wrestling, December 17th, 1983. And it, uh, you know, this is coming right off the big Star Wars show in November. And they open up with an encore match with the Super D's versus JYD and Iceman Parsons. And I really thought this was actually a good match to kind of repeat over because it really helps uh, remember and get the angle over. Mm -hmm. And because then, and then how it segues right back into this upcoming interview. What about you, Kelly? Do you think it was a good way to get uh, to remind the folks and or or the people who didn't see it uh, show what happened? Yeah, I mean, because they're running with this whole Iceman's been disfigured now by uh, Akbar's fireball in the in the tag match at the Thanksgiving show. So, yeah, that's fine. I don't know why they're doing all these encore matches all of a sudden, though, because um, I've watched quite a few ahead of this show, and then the ones we did previously. It seemed like every week they were doing a encore match. I wonder why that happened. Like, are they short on talent? They don't have enough guys to fill it a whole yes. card? Yeah, I guess that's maybe the, that. the short yeah, answer. that. Not having enough matches in the can. Yeah, because it never was a thing until a couple months ago, and then suddenly it's every week almost. So, anyway, yeah, if you got an encore stuff, do it. With, do and something. You, do, and you take off freaking Michael Hayes out of the promotion. Who in the hell is going to be cutting promos? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, if you're going to run something again, run something important, and yeah, yeah, and at least it leads to an interesting sit down interview. What about you? What about you, John? Where are you falling on this? Do you like think it was a good thing to do this encore, and or or do you have a thought of 
theory on why they're doing these encore matches? Uh, well, the first thing I thought, I was like, God, we haven't done this show in three months, and the first thing, it's a fucking encore match. I'm like, okay, these are going to be shorter shows. Uh, I would imagine it's, you know, think about it this way. I know, at least when I was a kid in the 80s on Saturday morning, it wasn't like appointment television to the point of uh you know like i can't miss any saturday i'd miss all kinds of stuff so if you missed it the last time you can catch it this time i think that's the basic theory i doubt they're worrying too much about people who sit and watch it you know every week very true very true um what about our interview I really enjoyed this. I thought this was a really good character piece where we see Akbar get really evil and uh, and really gets gets him and starts getting over the Super D's pretty well here. What did you make of the whole interview there, John? Uh, okay, well, so they're talking about why, you know, how Kerry is owed, what, 10 grand? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's very upset about this 10 grand, by the way. We'll get to that. You know, the things Kerry Von Eric will do for $10,000, we find out later. Uh it, but he's here's his uh, his, his excuse. Uh, Akbar's excuse is because it didn't happen during a match. So if it didn't happen during a match, it doesn't count. And this is typical Von Erich scummy. This is a typical Von Erich scummy move. I'm like, oh, you don't know the end of it as far as typical Von Erich scummy moves. This is too. This is nothing compared to a typical Von Erich scummy move. There was a whole special on Dark Side of the Ring. And he says, instead of saying Ugandan, he says Ugandian, which always makes me laugh. And it always, again, makes me laugh when the man from the Middle East, Skandar Akbar, drops into a thick Texas accent. Always makes me laugh, but it was fine. If you like the Super Ds, you're going to like these next two. A lot of Super Ds. What about you, Kelly? Where did you fall on this interview? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was great at um, getting Akbar over as even more of an asshole. But my main takeaway was the the awesome fashion choice of Bill Super D going with the the sharp collar. Um, I can only imagine <laughs> he was inspired by the the spoiler, or the, you know, actually he was the super destroyer. You remember back in like 1974, 75, Carolina? Yep. Yeah, he was rocking that um, look, and I think that inspired all future uh, heel mass wrestlers uh, well into the 80s. Obviously. Hey, you know what, Kelly? Yeah, you know what? Now that a lot of us are going to have, especially as essential personnel, Pete, that we are going to be told we're going to have to wear masks in public, I think we know what kind of masks <laughs> me and Pete are going to go for. Yes. I, okay. As long as we cover, as long as we can cover the noses and the mouths, we're going full hoods with stars on the sides and the eyes with the design. I know if I have to. I don't, since I don't own one of those, I have my Doctor Wagner mask. I'd have to there you go. Oh yeah, just 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 put it, just put, just put something over the the nose and the mouth of your doctor, a do, hey, and you'd look like a doctor. It'd be yeah. perfect, you know. <laughs> you know, I like I was saying earlier, I I like this for a character beat. I like the how he comes across evil. I love the heel refusing to pay the babyface the money he promised him, and I also thought they did a really good job of getting over the superplex as this killer finisher. And World Class has done a pretty good job uh, of actually uh, putting people's finishers over, like the Iron Claw, the Oriental Spike, and now the uh, Superplex. They did a really good job in this interview of, of uh, putting it over. And I think that, that's just a kind of a long art, long art, long lost art. You never hear people ever talking about their finisher anymore as, as being like, the, you know, Jake used to talk about the DDT. Uh, being, 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 you know, the finish that you don't hear many people do that anymore. I think it's a lost art. Okay. Um, well, they just, well, not to get too modern as, oh, by the way, we're doing this show as WrestleMania is happening. And that's, I don't give a shit about watching WrestleMania in front of no audience. But up until all this, they did start reestablishing that, at least with one guy. They did it with Drew McIntyre. Out of nowhere, they they they, they properly turned his finish into a killer again. Claymore. And then they did it. They they really they got it over like this. They've been they've been focusing on that move. He hits that move, it's done so. You know, what you really haven't seen in modern wrestling in a long time. 
But and maybe that's yeah. obviously that's probably Who one of the Paul Heyman playbook, I would guess. <laughs> I uh, would imagine so. Yeah. And we also see here with Michael Hayes doing the loser leave town match, they're kind of establishing Akbar and his crew as kind of like the new number one heel group, and I think they're trying to establish them here. Well, uh, we don't to, see yeah. much. Uh, promo time from the Freebirds, so this is where they're kind of transitioning to, uh, which is which is interesting. Um, next up, we got Jimmy Garvin versus Doug Vines. Do you have anything on Doug Vines, Kelly? Because that guy worked everywhere. Yeah, well, of course I do. I mean, it's okay. our first show back in and months. Know, that wasn't even planned. That was a total guess. I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. No, I, I've been keeping up with the jobber bios. I, 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 I still can do that. Um, I mean, with all the free time I've had, I could have wrote his biography, 200 pages maybe. <laughs> no, maybe not that many pages, but um, no, I dug up uh, some stuff. Yeah, you're right, Pete. He's been, he was around for years around the South, um, especially, almost exclusively, all the different territories. Looks like he started in 1979. He worked for Gulas in Tennessee. He worked for Poffo in the ICW. He worked, I mean, he was always a jobber, a jobber to the stars, although he was pushed um, later on, but in his early days, that was his role. Uh, he was in, the, in Crockett, he was in Mid-South, and then at some point, I think it was in 1981, he formed a team with a wrestler named Jeff Sword, and they were basically joined at the hip uh, for the rest of the 80s, and they were very similar they were both. They both started around the same time. They both worked the Southern Territories. They both were jobber, jobber to the stars, and they teamed up in Knoxville in 1981 as the Devil's Duo. And that, yeah, that's a name <laughs> that's been used a few times, uh, most notably probably in the 60s, by I believe it was uh, maybe even the first act that Bobby Heenan managed in Indianapolis, the Devil's Duo, and that was. Um, well, speaking of Angelo Poffo, it was Angelo Poffo and Chris Markoff. And they were doing a like a bleach blonde hair heel gimmick that, of course, was very popular and got a lot of heat back in those days. I feel, I feel like Poffo and Markoff probably drew a hell of a lot more money. Well, yeah, of course. And that was in Dick the Bruiser's uh, territory. I, I'm actually reading a biography of Dick the Bruiser right now. It's pretty good. And I just got around to that part where they talked about Heenan for the first time, and, and Poffo and Markov, and of course Poffo is Italian, and uh, I forget who, someone was quoted as saying, oh, no, no one's going to believe an Italian with bleach blonde hair, uh, but it worked, um, uh, they got great heat, and so later on, this is now back to, of course, Vines and Sword, they also um, took the name the Texas Outlaws, so another rip-off name. They just ripped off, <laughs> ripped off <laughs> names of famous tag teams from the '60s and '70s. And then okay, so their gimmick was being okay. So wait, hold on a second. Their gimmick was being the team that they'd advertise on a poster without pictures, and then when you got to the show, you saw it wasn't the original <laughs> with the, the guys at all, and you were like, "Motherfucker!" That was their gimmick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um. And they finally maybe hit on an original name when they were the Barroom Brawlers in USWA in 1991. Uh, apparently, they had two uh, runs with the tag titles there, but uh, I'm sure there's wait footage of that out wait, there. Wait, wait, wait a second, 1991? Those yeah. Guys, wow. Yeah. Around uh, a long time. Yes, yeah, but that was pretty much it. Um, Vines did a bit of job work in... The WWF in 1990-1991, and the last dates I have were at least where he was consistently working was in 1995 for some obscure Indianapolis indie, an indie indie, uh, where he wow. wrestled. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And listen to the people he wrestled here talk about ripoffs. He wrestled Captain America, whoever that was, in 1995 oh, Indianapolis. <laughs> and and Gary Hart, spelled H-E-A-R-T, of course. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. If you're going to have, like, a fake Gary Hart, why would you – I mean, if you're going to do a fake 
heart guy make it like Bret Hart <laughs> with a H E R A R T. I mean, who's going to yeah. say, oh, Gary Hart's wrestling? Wow. He was a wrestler in the 60s and then a manager for several decades. <laughs> anyway, but uh, that was. That was he that bad bumping manager? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to pack him in. They have Gary Hart. Um, yeah. So do you think? So do you think? Here's the thing, Kelly. You were joking. You should write this motherfucker's uh, biography. <laughs> that sounds fucking fascinating. I mean, you got to figure this guy jobbed everywhere, everywhere, yeah. jobbed all over, up and down, you know. And he finally made it. His big break was he finally made it in New York to do some jobs up in New York, and that was the pinnacle of his career is to go up to New York and lose. You should write this guy's book. This sounds great. What a story. Yeah, maybe I'll do a, like an old jobber, like a, a collection of different jobber bios. That's that's something I have plenty of time now for. It's my life's work, really, so I should give it my full attention now. You can do a blog, video blog. Yeah. Day one of the pandemic. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Day, day 15. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, this could be your foray into um, short films. Yeah, you know, it'd be you in front of a camera, you know, like kind of like a John, how John Oliver is doing a show from home, and you know, have the video images and the still shots and everything. Yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, three, four, five months down the line, you never know what I'll be pumping out by that point. And um, lastly, on Vines, this was one of only two matches that he wrestled in his career in Dallas. So this is a Blink and you miss, and you miss it a uh, couple well, we of times. We have back to back days. Yeah, that's it. That. Yeah, that's that's all for Doug Vines. Uh, I'll go into the match. There's but, you not know, much think, to say. Oh, oh Kelly, 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 hold on one second. Haven't we seen a lot of that? Guys who show up for literally just two back to back appearances and on they go mm-hmm. in world class. I feel like we've seen a lot. Yeah, there have been, and there's more to come. Well, probably, probably because part of it was World Class ran a lot of three match shows, so they didn't keep. I mean, they'd run. They they call it the captains match, where they'd have a tag match, and uh, it would be like the Fantastics and uh, versus the Midnight Express. And then Bobby Fulton would wrestle Bobby Eden in a singles match, and uh-huh. then they'd have the Von Erichs work on top in a match right. against somebody. And uh, they did a lot. Um, and so they didn't keep a big, big roster, which well, meant more money for for the mm-hmm. for the, the rest of the people. And so these people would just pop in to do their television and maybe work work the loop for a week and be yeah, out. It, yeah, it literally it literally feels like because Dallas is a major airport hub that guys on their way from one territory to another just stop through for a weekend do a little stretch and then on they go and i think they'd use a lot of people who are working houston or working uh maybe somewhere in mid-south or southwest uh because of how many people in the vicinity i mean yeah texas is a huge city a huge state but they had they had a lot of resources where they'd pop in a car and drive four or five hours for their, right. you know, thirty dollar pay payoff or whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, sorry, Kelly. Yeah, well, there's there's not much to say here. Uh, I made a note about Mercer talking about because <laughs> it's Garvin against Vines. He, Mercer's talking about the feud with Garvin and Adams and how there's a rematch coming up where Garvin agreed to the stip that if Adams wins, Sunshine gets five minutes with Precious. Uh, so they're pushing that. Oh no, he, but he's being. He's being coy about it. He's still being. He's doing that coy thing yeah. about it. Well, like until he's not he does confer- the interview later, where they pretty much announce it. I yeah. mean, it's uh, yeah. It's like he's like he's being coy because he he's in on the plans. But yeah, I guess that's his way of foreshadowing. But he's just not very good at foreshadowing. Yeah, his way of foreshadowing is to tell you what's going to happen in the interview. <laughs> Basically, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know what? The precious five minutes with precious. Um, uh, is I think it's a nice, fun little stip. <laughs> it's a stip again. It's almost because there's not that many managers nowadays, so it's a stip that's kind of been long gone type of. Oh yeah. Uh, and stuff, but it's a really always been a. It always something that could really pop a house or uh, a draw a house here and there if done properly. Well, and and, oh. and the and the idea of. But then the idea of like, and this woman's gonna get her hands on this woman, and they're both non wrestlers. That's mm-hmm. 
very Titul- much titillation uh, nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the match, man. The, the only thing, the first thing I see, Doug Vines, he's got a jobber's name and a jobber's tights. Those are jobber's <laughs> tights. You know, the low cut on the belly and two straps. I see those jobber tights. And uh, Bill describes Vines. He looks rough and tough. Maybe from the southwest part of Chicago. The southwest part of Chicago? <laughs> like, you know, you know, Leroy Brown is from the south part of Chicago. That's a bad part of town. The southwest part of Chicago, maybe the second fattest part. Of, he's terrible. <laughs> and But, yes, yeah, so he's talking. So Bill's talking to Garvin. And he says, he's like, I've heard a rumor that if Adam wins, you know, blah, 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 with Sunshine Summers, always, I think I might have known something. I've heard a rumor. And then Garvin can, does a, doesn't Garvin sell it like, what? No, I would never agree to such a thing. Or does he? I totally forget. No, no, he's all for the of, stip. He's totally fine. But Precious, that's, that's why, right. Yeah, Precious isn't, you know. That's right. He's all, right. he's all for it because he gets his title shot to show that yeah. all he really cares about is title shot. And Leading into Precious with, you know, I mean, she gets better on in years, but leads into her uh, only acting line she could do, and she does it later. She just goes, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's her only thing she could think of to say without anyone scripting her. So, <laughs> yeah, Sunshine is so much better than her. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I, I yeah, no, this is, this is fine for what it was. My only note was I felt like Doug Vines kind of looks like Dwight's cousin from The Office. What was that guy's <laughs> name? Do you guys remember? Uh, I forgot. Yeah, I forget too. Mo or Moach or something? Moe's. 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 I thought it was, I thought it was something. Like, wasn't it? I thought it was something, um, the, uh, the, you know, Witness. Uh, witness with Harrison Ford. I'm, I'm blanking. The Amish. I thought it was like an Amish name. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was Moe's. Uh, that's, anyway. That leads us into a pretty good Jimmy Garvin interview. What do you think of it, John? That's the one I was talking about, so. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it was, no, it was okay, good. So you covered it, I guess. Yeah, what about you, Kelly? What do you think of it? Yeah, well, yeah, we already talked about it, the Garvin being, yeah, he's fine, of course, because he's getting the title rematch. That's all he cares about, so he doesn't care if. It leads to a uncomfortable situation for his lover slash valet, but Precious doesn't like it. He's clearly right now the best stick man in the company after Hayes leaves, right? Mm. Yeah. Who else do we have? Or, or Akbar, one of the two, right? Do you mean just bad guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then, Who's yeah, a good cause... stick person on the babyface side, David? Ice man. Ice? Yeah. Ice man cuts up a bad promo, motherfucker. <laughs> he's good. I don't know about that. I wouldn't say he's a good promo. Uh, I think he, he does he does a good enough job. I don't know. Where are you following that, Kelly? Uh, I'll, I'll go with a bit of a outside the box maybe answer. Chris Adams isn't a bad babyface promo. He, oh yeah, yeah. Adams. Adams pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah, Adams solid. I mean, he comes. The one thing that made him, especially in the '80s, stand out was his accent because he came, he came across so much culture than the rest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, and that leads us into a Kevin Von Erich versus Buddy Roberts match. Fuck this <laughs> match, Kelly. I don't know about what you what you thought. This just felt like a really extended squash where Kevin just guzzled yeah. the living hell out of Buddy. Yeah. I think he gave him like a minute and a half, two minutes of a comeback, and went right to the finish. Fuck, this is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rough. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Kevin's getting more and more like Bob Backlund. Well, even Backlund didn't go that far. Like occasionally he did, but no. he's getting worse and worse as far as being in control the whole match, not letting the heel have any heat really um but there was a great spot in this match where kevin rams buddy's head into the turnbuckle and turns his back on him but because buddy's wearing the headgear that didn't affect him at all 
And then that was sort of yeah, how... it was it was a great spot, which yeah. led to Buddy's heat for a minute. Yeah, yeah, night. for a very brief, um, very brief heat. Uh, yeah, like my note is this leads to Buddy's only bit of offense before Kevin rolls him up, and in not a very graceful manner for the pin. Yeah, it is what it is. Kevin's well, he... not very giving at all anymore. Well, I mean, I know, look, we all know how Kevin can be, and you add that on to the fact that you're out of here, buddy. Of course, you know, the, the, the birds are out of here. You know, of course, buddy's going to get fucking whooped hard. Yeah. Well, I have watched ahead, like I said, and and, and Kevin, it, it's it's a trend <laughs> in his matches going forward. So, he gets, so basically, so basically, he just, he, gets, he goes, I think I like it this way. Yeah. He's going to keep doing <laughs> I think that's the thought process. Yeah, honestly, I mean, Kevin had a psychology to him, which was that he'll better fight back or Kevin will guzzle you. And uh, it's, it's funny if you start, well, I mean, if we get to him and we watch some of the Chris Adams stuff, I mean, Adams is flat out paced past. Just oh, yeah. Stiffing the shit out of him. Uh, well, that's just well, a lie. Well, well, it's not even just to stay alive. It's because and Kevin's sort of said it. People said it like. If you fucking give it back to Kevin as hard as he gives it to you, he likes it. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's not all there. He likes it. That's why the matches with Adams are so good, because these motherfuckers are stiffing the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that trans- transitions us into the main event. Hold on. Of this Hold super- on. I'm sorry. Hold on. I had a few other things about the match. Oh, sorry, brother. Okay. Um. So the Chiron uh, leading up to this says, "High Flying Kevin versus Bald Bird Buddy." I was like, <laughs> "Okay, boy." Uh, Bill gets off this great line, this great unintentional line. He's talking about Hayes being gone. He's like, "The man from Bad Street who left that clan, clan, bad choice of words, man, <laughs> clan." <laughs> Kevin, a uh, Kevin fashion watch. I don't think I've ever seen these. He was wearing his normal white trunks, but these had a little green trim around the, the belt. I was like, never seen those before. I, I keep an eye out for this kind of bullshit. <laughs> and Kevin, uh, <and> <laughs> the mic's really picking this one up while he's squashing Buddy Roberts. Uh, Roberts is trying to do the old pull the trunks while I roll you up thing. And, he, and so he does it and he yells, Kevin yells, Get off the trunks, Roberts, or I'll rip your wig off. Just <laughs> loud, right? <laughs> you pick that up. I mean, so he wasn't just squashing him physically. He's squashing him verbally during this fucking <laughs> This sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was everything that's wrong in wrestling. Because uh, it's too long to be a squash man. It's too long. Buddy Roberts is too good of a talent to be guzzled like that. <laughs> God, this is terrible. Uh, but that leads us into a pretty hot main event of the Super D's versus Kerry Von Eric and Iceman King Parsons. Kelly, man, did you, did you enjoy this match? I did. I mean, for what we got, it was pretty short. But it was, it was hot for sure all the way through. Wild action from the get-go. Iceman's, of course, super pissed off. That he was burned by the fireball. He has some sort of, I guess it's makeup on to make him look like he was burned? No, I think it, I want to say it's the old uh, Harley race. I mean, uh, Ric Flair's Ricky Steamboat where you get the sandpaper in your room. okay. Because I was thinking the same thing because I was going, well, it's got to be makeup, but you do get a shot of it and you go, Oh, that's pretty good makeup for world class 1983, yeah. and it's not coming off. If they fucking did their actual sandpaper shit, then he went to town on himself. Because that was pretty raw. Yeah, yeah but it, it looked like raw. something was peeling off at one point too. I was. Well, uh, you think uh, about it. I mean, it had happened a couple weeks ago, so yeah. maybe he did it. I mean, they did it, and I mean, they probably didn't do it that morning of the show. They probably did it a little bit. Later on, and that's yeah, it's starting to heal a little, so that's just peeling coming off the cut, yeah, from its healing. Maybe I, I you know, like I, you know, yeah. you, you, I'm sure you've, you've 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 sliced your finger or something right. before, and the heel just you know it just starts peeling. 
Yeah. Well, well, if we want to find out the answer to whether or not Iceman actually did the sandpaper deal, if um, all of our listeners could contribute to our Patreon uh, <laughs> enough for us to Iceman King Parsons for this show, and we can find that out. So you know, stay tuned. <laughs> but think of it more like a blister, Kelly. Say you've had a blister before. <laughs> And it, I mean, it's just, it just, uh, that just peels off, you know? No, I understand. I, that didn't really even occur to me. I, for some reason, I thought it must be some sort of makeup of some sort, but I don't know. It, it, I couldn't make a decisive call one way or the other. Um, but yeah, more power to him if he, uh, if he went the sandpaper yeah. to get it over. These guys bled for their art. I mean, it's that's different. insane. Yeah. That's, you really think about it, though. You know, what, what you think, you really, when you think about shit like that, and blading. I mean, I oh, dude, I love blood. I grew up with bl- the blood and wrestling. I love blood. But you really take a step back and think about, yeah. Like, so you know, so I cut myself open with a razor blade, and then I scrub fucking uh, a sandpaper on myself because I, I believe in my art. I was like, were you in, out of I mean, your it's, mind? It's well, crazy. They believe in their art. They, they believed in drawing, drawing money, yeah, making I money. Get it. It's, it's uh, but from the fan perspective, like yeah. We we respect that like yeah and like I, I, to me I think I think blading is a whole other animal than grabbing a sandpaper and scrap and sandpapering the shit out of your head tell you the truth yeah that sounds like actually, a blade job feels like yeah I mean, it's like a prick or something sandpapering somebody's forehead that's like <laughs> torture well we'll never know unless we do get that for self mutilation yeah again. If we get that Patreon um, interview, we can find out. Yeah. I'm going to drop some knowledge right now. I reached out to Iceman King Parsons to be on this show, and he had one question. What are you going to pay me? And I was like, nothing. And that was the end of that. So if you people want to know, if you want to fucking know, give us some fucking cash. We can make it happen. Yeah, probably not. Anyway, so I was distracted by that whole thing. I like, I was, did, did, did Iceman... You know, what, what's going on here? But after that, yeah, it was a really hot match. All four brawling in the ring. And then we get all the interference. Kamala first. There's the DQ. And then who should return to Dallas but Brian fucking Adias. <laughs> no, to the rescue. <laughs> of all people. Oh, my God. And Chris Adams and Johnny Mantel. That's the, the charge into the ring. Wild Brawl. There's like 10 wrestlers. It's like a battle royal basically by the end. But, yeah, this the whole thing was good other than Adias being involved. The the match and then the brawl and all that. It was fun. Uh, it was wild. And, uh, but Brian Adias. I mean, the hair. Yeah, like, I, I, mean, I haven't looked this, but I think he, was, I think he might have gone and worked um, – Crockett, because Gary Hart had was had a hand in the booking by over there, and I think he might have taken Brian Diaz might have gone over there. Well, he was definitely in Portland because he mentions that next episode, saying that's where he's been. Or yeah, I think he says it, or Mercer says it. Somebody mentions. <laughs> yeah, Port- Portland. Portland is a big pipeline, plural class. They did a yeah. lot of yeah uh, exchange. And, and he was in pink. He was in pink. I didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> all of a all of a sudden. All of a sudden, uh, before we get to anything else, I gotta say, uh, all of a sudden, the ring is full of, of five baby faces beating up three heels. And I was like, that's world class for you. And uh, I'm like, who's the asshole in pink? And I, I stared at him for 45 seconds until I th- either they announced it. I think they announced it. it was Brian O'Day. I'm like, oh, fuck. He's, oh. I didn't even recognize this douchebag. Probably didn't recognize him because the charisma just doesn't leap <laughs> on the screen at all. And then he probably saw his promos, monologue, monotone promo, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's him. Well, he, he, he sees the Iceman, he goes, That's my, I'm the Von Erich's friend, it's my gimmick. I stole it from Al Perez. You have to be ethnic for this gimmick. <laughs> what you make of the match, John? I like the match for what it was. And, uh, I didn't really have a lot of notes on the match itself, but uh, I enjoyed it. But they announced before the match started. They announced that next week, Ernie Ladd versus Kamala. I'm like yes. Ernie Ladd? Yes. Shit! Like, I'm excited. Even though I look, look, I knew what we were getting. 
I was fully aware of the Ernie Ladd we were going to get in 1983. I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, Ernie Ladd, cool. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so while Iceman's fired up, like Kelly was talking about, is during the ring introductions. Like he wants a piece of these motherfuckers, and Carrie's trying to calm them down just so Mark Lorenz can get through the goddamn ring introductions for then we can start fighting. And <laughs> so Carrie's just holding back nice man, holding back nice man. And then as soon as Mark Lorenz goes, Oh, from Denton, Texas, Carrie Von Eric. Carrie briefly points to the ceiling, doing his little pose, and then goes right back to calming down the Iceman. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and fucking Mercer. The things... That, he can't just say that Skandar Akbar threw fire in Iceman's face. He's got to come up with all this bullshit. He's like, here... Here he is, back after the burning, Iceman King Parsons. The burning. And then he says, the Iceman's curse. <laughs> I can't, it's hard to get through it. Because the Iceman is recovering from the flaming experience. <laughs> the flaming experience? The flaming experience was Brian Adias running in in pink. <laughs> Just a little bit earlier. Uh, and... And so, uh, but Iceman, you know, after this, he's on the microphone. He's like, I want him. I want him. I want the motherfucker. He's like, I want him. He's, he's, he's infuriated. And then Kevin, and his, his fury guys infects Carrie Von Eric. And he, and mumbles, and mumbles Von Eric. Because <laughs> such mumbling. And he goes, and I want my ten thousand dollars, and if I, I'll kill someone for it, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so Iceman and Carrie are gonna kill motherfuckers. Bang bang, motherfucker! They're going, hey, I want my money and my revenge. <laughs> Fucking Iceman and Carrie are gonna drop some bodies cold. Akbar. <laughs> We're going to get some Texas justice. You know what that means, Iceman? We're going to hang him. <laughs> no, no. No, no, Carrie. No, we're going to stay on these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> pop, pop, two in the dome, Dino Bravo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Cherry Mount Eric, yeah, I'm gonna kill someone for this money. I laughed for 15 straight yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was the highlight of the episode, really. Holy shit! It was. It made it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the match too. Um, I enjoyed the hot start, and I liked that the. the I like looking at Ice's burns. They look nasty, and and I liked the D's working the working the burn. And I like the real chaotic feel the match had, but yeah, it was short. We didn't go very long, but it but it still held your attention. And then we get those fucking promos that Johnny just covered. Uh, Kelly, anything you want to add to the promos? No, no, that's one of Carrie's best promos, though. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Carrie Von Eric is only a good promo when he's threatening to fucking murder motherfuckers. So good. Should have been a heel. <laughs> been a great fucking heel. I'm killing you motherfuckers for my money, bitch. I liked how Kerry cut his promo like it was like his drug deal went bad. He probably, <laughs> had, he probably said that to a drug dealer many a times before. He said that to Gino he when he left. Uh, he left. It was, it was Kerry's the one that fucking did it. He's like, oh, my money, <laughs> motherfucker. Okay, and I'm taking this cookie. I'm taking this cereal bowl full of coke, too. I'm taking the spittoon with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Kelly, anything you want to plug, my friend? Yeah, well, you may have noticed I've been putting out all kinds of podcasts in these last few weeks. So firstly, I'm going over the Randy Savage unreleased DVD that the WWE put out a couple of years ago. I had it sitting around the house, and I'd never watched it. And then one day, I just struck me, yeah, I'll just put this on and talk over the matches <laughs> i don't know if it's entertaining or not um you know each episode's like a half hour if that and are I they watch, watch alongs 
Yeah, watch alongs. Yeah, yeah, watch alongs. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm real lazy <laughs> now with my podcast. <laughs> well, no, dude, no, dude. Because I thought they were, yeah, I thought they were mini reviews. No, and I saw they were like. So I was going. Well, I need these for my drive, so I'm gonna I'm gonna save t- up ten of these and listen to them all in a row because I thought it was just you breaking down matches. So watch longs, oh, okay? Yeah, I mean, I think the network. Yeah, no, um, or at least I don't think so. The DVD it came no, out a couple they, years ago. They just had the doc on the net on the network. Oh, no, I, I no, not to ruin your plug. I have that DVD, but I recently finally gave up on keeping my DVDs out where I could reach them because I don't watch DVDs anymore. Yeah. So I finally packed them all into the closet, but yeah. I'll well, still listen to them. I'll... It's evergreen. <laughs> Ten years down the road, you can unpack those DVDs and <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have something for now. Yeah, because we're going to be, you know, locked down for who knows how long. Um, those DVDs we're packing away might come in handy if everything gets really shitty. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, I'm doing a new show called International House of Combat with Steve Willie from the Place to Be Nation. And it's also a watch-along show. And we're looking at historical international wrestling. And just a couple matches at a time. This first show we did, we looked at a World of Sport match and then a match from the French footage from the 50s that's recently turned up. Um, well, there's French footage from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s that's out there if you know where to look for it. And oh, that's that stuff that Matt D watches with his dick in his hand, right? Something like that. Uh, Otani's jacket on PWO on the message board. He's been reviewing it uh, for quite a while now. And the first match we watched, it's, it, it's really cool. We watched a match with Lord Al Hayes as a 28-year-old wrestler in 1950. Yeah, 1957. And it's really good. He was actually really good, Um, Al Hayes. Nice. Yeah, so that's what what I'm doing. There may be some other stuff. Oh, I did an interview with uh, Tom Batista for the Military Industrial Suplex, but that hasn't uh, seen the light of day for whatever reason. Well, you know, here's the thing, thing, buddy. he doesn't. He he spaces out his releases, and his last show was me on the military industrial yeah. suplex. Uh, that's out. Uh, people can go and find that. But he doesn't like to put them out quickly. So I think it's probably coming down the line. I guess it's just unfortunate that the topics covered were all very topical. So it's already <laughs> dated now. Um, because I talk I talk about WrestleMania as something. That hasn't happened yet, and now it's happened pretty much. So, well, you, oh, oh well. you bring up things like evergreen. Anything you do is evergreen. I'm <laughs> sure it'll be delightful. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Tom, get off your ass and uh, get that one out, please. Yeah. Yeah, our feed's got a little bit of everything for everybody, so check it out. And it's about to have a little bit more. Thanks, Kelly. I, I totally picked up on that. Uh, Starting tomorrow, I'm going to be recording the uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the first episode of a new podcast that I'm going to be uh, doing with Travis, who used to be one of the hosts of Lucha Afterground, uh, who where I guested on once. Kelly, a good friend of yours, you guested on the show yes, plenty of times. The you best guys have, man, the you, best you man know, at my wedding. Yeah, best man at your wedding. Look, I, you know what? It, it go, for the order of importance for me, Kelly goes podcast co-host, then best man at wedding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about you guys. And <laughs> but we're gonna be uh, doing a podcast. Um, it, it's gonna be a little bit different. It's not wrestling oriented, but it's going to be on the PWO feed because who gives a fuck? And there's no way we're not going to probably mention wrestling every show. <laughs> but my favorite television show is DC's Legends of Tomorrow on the CW of the Arrowverse shows, the superhero shows, DC superhero shows. And 
I've been wanting to do a podcast, a rewatch podcast of this show for a long time. I threw it out there on Twitter. Travis responded, and he's never seen the show and is not very familiar with DC Comics up to a point. So it's going to be very much the obsessed fan of the show rewatching with someone who's never uh, before, which is basically the the blueprint for the very successful show that was out there for a long time. Uh, Gilmore Guys, uh, hosted by Kevin Porter and uh, and Demi, and I love that show. I still listen to all the uh, Kevin's uh, podcasts. And the only name I could come up with is we're going to call it Gideon Guys because Gideon is one of the main characters on the show because Legends of Tomorrow, coming up with a, a name for your Legends of Tomorrow podcast, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. So it's going to be Gideon Guys. We're going to watch every episode. Uh, they're, they're going into the fifth one. We're going to break them down as a guy who loves it and a guy who's never seen it before. It's going to be the nerdiest of nerdy shit ever, but I think it's going to work out well. And the best thing is we're starting with the first season, which is a disaster, as our show will be. <laughs> and then it will evolve into the best show on the feed, like it is now on the CW. Uh, and I can't wait to get started with this. It's going to be, you know, I have actually tried, like, we're going to do this bit, and we're going to do that. That No, it's probably going to end up being you know, just Fucking back and forth. Here's a question for you, John. Yeah. What about when there's crossovers? Are you gonna cover all the crossovers? Or is it gonna be Pete? I knew you'd be the one to ask that because Pete also loves all these shows. And when it comes to the crossovers, yes, I will be making Travis watch the episodes of Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash that go along with the crossovers. We'll get to those, but trust me, that's a long ways away. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You're alone. No, we are for for any of you guys who watch this and Pete knows, we have a season of Hawk Hawkman and Hawk Girl bullshit and Vandal Savage as the villain to get through. Yeah. It's gonna be rough, but that's the joy of it. It's much like World Cast, because we yeah. started in nineteen eighty two cast and it sucked and then it eventually got great so it's going to be the same journey so i hope uh you guys all uh uh listen uh, to the show and maybe if you've never seen uh legends it's on netflix you might watch it just to to, to be part of the, the 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 frolicking that we're going to be doing but thank you wow sounds awesome john well i'm gonna plug the tiger king documentary that thing was fantastic <laughs> I, it's so funny, Pete. I, I I can be so contrary at times. Like, I never watched Breaking Bad because I was like, oh, yeah, everyone says it's so great. Uh, everyone's talking about it. I know that I'm going to f- just be obsessed with it when I start it. So I'm just waiting. Is it is it as good as everyone says? It's I'm good. Not it's your- and if this, if this guy wasn't a big – this guy had to have been a huge Michael Hayes fan because he is like Michael Hayes – like. Uh, I don't know. Like a, in an alternate world, this guy could have been Michael PSA. Well, I understand he did have a six-man tag team, uh, <laughs> much like Michael Hayes. He does his own music videos, like Michael Hayes. Well, he was a wrestling guy. I know. I, I saw. I saw still pictures of Michelle McCool and the Undertaker at his at his Tiger Park or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. He uh, so. also, uh, yeah, he did promote promoted. Uh, Wrestling at times too. Okay, I'm gonna fucking watch it. Here's the thing, like I, I said, touch Pete. on the wrestling at all in on on the doc though, but uh, the doc is just fascinating. The whole thing is so, fascinating. But, but what I wanted to ask is because I've been so much hype, so much hype about it. I trust. I'll trust you. Is it worth my time? Yeah. Then I'm watching so it. That shit crazy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's. So I trust you. There's 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 gay sex there's oh well that's uh, all you had to there's Shit. tigers and crocodiles and uh, potentially uh, women killing her feeding her husband to the tigers mystery yeah there's a lot of stuff we had a tiger uh, lady there's backstabbing it's 
it's good wrestling is what it is, man. That's good. Okay, not not before we move on to the next shot, I just have to add this. To, hey, guys, hey, the listeners love all this shit, okay? It's been a long time. Real quick, I saw the trailer, and they were talking about how cat people are all crazy or animal people are all crazy. We had a tiger lady in Jackson, New Jersey, the town I worked in for 10 years. Nobody knew about her. She lived out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, had 10 tigers, and then there was one day a tiger got loose and was going through a cul-de-sac, and the cops had to come and kill this fucking tiger. They didn't know where. They assumed it came from Six Flags Great Adventure, which had an animal safari. They investigated, and there's this woman who lives in the woods with fucking tigers, and nobody knew about it. So There's that's, a story in the, in the doc where uh, one guy had like 10 of them, and he let them loose. Um, and then, yeah. Okay, I'm watching that. That that sounds so much better than WrestleMania. I'm watching that tonight. <laughs> it's so much, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good six-hour binge, man. So it's, six it's, hours? It's shorter than WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That wins. Winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, on that note, we will call it a show. See y'all next time. Later, folks. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. The moment that you come in view. And with your hand in mine, dear, I could dance. Could waltz across Texas with you.